It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while and trying to better your financial life, but still seem to be struggling, I offer one-on-one coaching. If this is an option that you think would be helpful for you, you need that accountability, you need support, and you need a professional set of eyes on your finances, reach out to me. Submit your application at whitneyhansen.com slash customized dash coaching. We'll hop on the phone together. We'll talk about your finances and see if it's a good fit for both of us. So that is such a fun option. And I hope you take advantage of that if you are consistently struggling with your finances. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. At the end of every episode, when I interview somebody, I ask them one simple question. In your opinion, what is the secret to financial success? Now, I asked myself the same question recently, and I was not necessarily super surprised by the answer, but I was excited to see that my answer has pretty much stayed the same almost always. In my opinion, there is one single biggest factor to success with money. Now we're talking about money specifically, but I do believe that this is the secret to success in every single area of your life. It's not obsession. I used to think being obsessed with money was a big factor. I think it's important. I don't think that's the sole factor. It's not making millions of dollars per year. While certainly, yeah, let's be real, making millions of dollars per year helps your chance of financial success from a monetary standpoint. That's not the ultimate indicator. In my opinion, the single biggest factor to success with your finances comes down to one thing, consistency. Consistency is the greatest factor that will make you be successful. Consistency to me is really committing to a long-term plan. I think a lot of times we think we just need to be consistent enough until a habit is formed, and then I can maybe not focus on consistency as much. And I think that's kind of a false misconception. I think consistency is truly committing to that long-term goal. It's committing to a lifestyle. Maybe it's a lifestyle of your finances of being intentional and making sure that you're putting your money where your values are. It's a lifestyle where you're maybe consistent with investing so that you know you can eventually retire or have the option to walk away from that job that is draining you. Consistency is everything. Now, throughout this episode, I've identified five factors or keys that will help you become a more consistent person, but I have to really break through a huge myth first and foremost, because I myself Maybe not you, maybe you're a little bit smarter than I am, but I am really hard on myself. I'm very type A. And what I've noticed is sometimes, sometimes I view consistency as perfection. Did you, do you do the same thing? Tell me you do. If you do, you completely understand exactly what I'm talking about, but consistency is not perfection. Let's talk about this. As a financial coach, I see this show up for people in lots of different ways. One example of this is budgeting. 
So, okay. If you've tried to budget, you, you get it. Budgeting is not something that is super sexy. It's not fun. It's not even like that thrilling. I don't know. There's some money nerds out there. I know you're listening that get excited about budgeting and truly love it. That's awesome. I think that's super, super fun for most people. It feels very restrictive. It feels not so fun. So here's how that process typically looks. We do really good. We start a budget. We know we need to get our financial shit together. And we're like, okay, I got this. I'm going to do this for a little while. I know it's important to my finances. So damn it, I'm going to make it happen. So we start doing good for a couple of weeks. We're checking in every single week on our money dates. We're tracking our expenses. We're doing all kinds of really fun things. We're meal prepping. We are actually reading blog posts about how to save money on our cable bill or our cell phone bill. We're doing a good job. And then all of a sudden, life happens, and maybe you take a vacation. You get back from vacation, and all of that hard work feels like it went out the window because you immediately are off track. You are not back into that same routine. And now you feel like a failure, right? It happens all the time. And the reason why this is so disheartening and just really makes us feel like crap about ourselves is because we're focusing on perfection instead of consistency. Consistency is repetition. It is not perfection. And so welcome to life. This stuff happens all the time. But if you reframe it and say, how do I become a more consistent person? Consistency, meaning repetitions instead of perfection If you focus on that, you're going to find a lot more success and not beat yourself up in the process. Now, this is something that takes a lot of time to build up to, but I think you can do this. And I'm going to share with you five ways that I find are helpful for reframing that mindset around perfection and actually focusing and building up systems and habits that are more consistency based. So let's dive into the first key to consistency. Key number one is to focus on habits. Now, a long time ago, there was a surgeon, and his name was Dr. Maxwell Maltz, and he's a very interesting guy. He was studying and paying attention to patients. He was, as a surgeon, he would do occasional amputations and stuff like that, and he was looking at his patients and noticing that for 21 days, a minimum of 21 days, some of his patients would feel phantom pain. You know, that pain when you, you, I don't know, I I haven't lost a leg or an arm, so I can't really talk about this, I guess, from personal experience, but I hear that when you lose a limb or anything, really, you will sometimes have a phantom pain where you feel like you still have that leg or the arm or whatever the heck it might be. And this phantom pain, what Dr. Maltz found is around for a minimum of 21 days. So why this is important is because sometimes... In the self-help world, we hear, and I used to believe this too until I started looking into more of the research and studies, that it takes 21 days to build a habit. Have you heard that before? This is so what's preached in all of the self-help guru books, like everywhere. You go to a seminar, you're going to hear 21 days to make a habit. Think of all the habits you can make in one year. And immediately you're like, oh my God, that seems overwhelming. (laughs) At least it does for me. But we always hear 21 days to make a habit. After I looked into the research further then actually what it was is it got misconstrued. It's not 21 days to make a habit. It's a minimum of 21 days. That means for some people, 21 days was sufficient. For big majority of others, it was a little bit longer. So how long does it take to make a habit? A more recent study has shown that it takes up to 66 days. 66 days, again, a minimum of 66 days. 
So it takes a long time. And for some people, it was 66 to 500 days. It just depends on the person. And so I do want people to understand that for any type of new behavior to become automatic, it's going to take a minimum of at least two months, a minimum of two months. So if you can start to see that, you know, maybe it's not going to be perfect in 21 days, like we always hear, and we're more focused on how do I build up the habit of this? How do I consistently do this in my daily routine? How do I start to make this automatic? The way to do that is to give yourself time, grace. Remember, we're aiming for consistency, repetition, not perfection. And the way to do that is to make it part of your routine. And how we make this part of our routine is key number two to consistency, which is setting up systems and automations in your life. Now, we see this stuff all the time, especially in personal finance. It's, it's really easy to find examples of automation. Bill pay is one form of automation. Investing, I think investing is the best thing to do on autopilot. If you automate it, it's so much faster and more efficient for your life. And so you can even automate your investing, your saving. There's lots of different ways to do it, right? We've heard all of those examples. But one thing that I really want you to think about is habit stacking or bundling is another way of saying this too. Now, before I dive into examples of habit stacking, I want you to pause and think about your morning routine. (laughs) Yes, your morning routine. Everyone's like, oh my God, I do not wake up at 5am. I'm definitely running out the door late every morning. Regardless of what your morning routine actually looks like in practicality, whether we like it or not, whether we're conscious of it or not, we all have a routine in the mornings. Every single one of us. Maybe you wake up, the first thing you do is drink some water, you immediately work out and you move your body for 20 minutes. I mean, Godspeed, I don't do that. I've been working on that, guys. I'm not there yet. Nobody, again, consistency, repetition, not perfection, right? But nobody is perfect. But whether we like it or not, we're, we all have a routine. We all have a routine, every single one of us. Now, the goal of being more conscious and intentional with your finances and your life is that you want to make it a routine that you are happy with, that you have decided is good for your life. So many of us do systems and automations on autopilot. We don't even realize it's happening until we take a step back and we look at it and we're like, oh man, I don't, I don't think this is serving me. This isn't what I want for my life. It's not helping me. And so if that's the case, then habit stacking, I think can really help you cultivate a more intentional routine. Now it's not just about morning routines. That's just an example of it. But I just want you to understand that we all have these routines and these systems in place right now. And sometimes our systems are crap and are not helping us. Sometimes they're great and that's awesome. You don't have to change them. But for most of us, if we're trying to improve our life, our relationship, our finances, all of that stuff, there are ways to improve. And I do think that habit stacking is helpful for that. So here's an example of habit stacking. What I like to do when I think of habit stacking in my own life is I like to do things like I'll, okay, so let, let, let me back up for a second. Let's talk about what habit stacking actually is. Habit stacking is just simply combining two different habits or routines together. The best way to view habit stacking is looking at your current daily routine. Now, remember you have a routine, whether it's intentional or not, you have one, you may not enjoy it. That's why we can look at ways to improve this and optimize it a little bit more, but we all have a routine. So you can start with simply writing down a normal day in the life. 
Now I hear you. A lot of people are like, yeah, right, Whitney, I don't even have a normal day. I get that. But look into your routine. Look a little bit deeper. I guarantee you there's some things that are consistent day to day. Maybe the time you take your calls is different. Your meetings are different. Whatever time your kid wakes up, like you have no control over that. I I get it, right? But at the end of the day, there's always some things that happen every single day. So an example of this might be brushing your teeth, showering, I don't know, peeing. (laughs) Like There's so many different things that we do every single day that your job with this is not to judge. It's just to observe what are the things I do every single day on autopilot and have, have to happen. I mean, regardless. So here's an example of what you might do. So every time you brush your teeth, if you have a Sonicare toothbrush, side note, like not sponsored by Sonicare, unless they would like to send me a free toothbrush, I'd be cool with that. But Sonicare toothbrush, they generally have a setting that's two minutes, right? Every time you brush teeth, it's two minutes. So what if in that two minutes, instead of what you can do, what you can do to stack a habit is you grab your phone, you pull up your bank account, and you look at all of the transactions. You just scroll through and observe your transactions. This is a good example of habit stacking. You're not changing your routine. You're still doing the same exact stuff, but now you instead are filling that dead time, that that dead space with another habit that will serve you with your finances. I'm going to look at my bank account. I'm going to pay closer attention. That's an example of a habit stack. Another example of a habit stack is when you shower. One of the things that I did in my shower is I bought what's called Aqua Notes. This is the coolest thing ever, you guys. It's like, I don't know, six, seven bucks or so on Amazon. I haven't looked for a little while, but it's a notebook that sticks to your shower wall and it has a little pencil on it. And it's just note paper. It's not traditional note paper. So don't try to put a notebook in your shower. It probably won't work out very well. This is like a specialized material. But what I do is I have that notepad in my shower so that I can jot down notes and thoughts for the day. But if you're trying to do something that's a little bit more improving for your finances, what if every time you shower, you have that aqua notes in your shower and you immediately jot down your plan for how I'm going to stick to my budget today? Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to spend my money on today. I'm going to be very intentional. It's setting that intention. It comes back to intentionality for sure. But that's another example of habit stacking. You're doing something you normally would do, shower, and instead of just like wasting time in the shower watching YouTube videos or listening to a podcast, I don't think that's wasting time, but I think there's other ways that you can serve that time. And one of those ways is by just jotting down how you're going to stick with your finances today. I think that's a really great way to go too for so many people. Another common example of habit stacking is walking during a conference call. So sometimes we have no control over which conference calls we have to be part of and all of that fun stuff. So instead you can do something that benefits your health. You can go for a walk and have it on, you know, your AirPods on and you're just listening to the conference call as you walk. That's like another quick example of habit stacking. Or I know The Bachelorette is back on. I do not watch that show. Don't come at me. I I just, I never got into it. But maybe you want to watch The Bachelorette and the way to stack that habit is I'm gonna do that while I work out. Or I'm going to do that while I'm meal prep. Like you you can set this up for yourself that it makes sense for your life. Or driving in the car and listening to podcasts. I know so many of podcast listeners are commuters. So that's another example of habit stacking that you probably already do. There are so many ways that you can do this, but it's up to you to find those really basic mundane things in your routine that you can then stack a habit into 
that don't drastically change your routine. The worst thing to do is to try to stack two new habits together. Doesn't quite work out. Like I'm going to go to the gym and you don't already go to the gym. And then I'm going to drink a gallon of water too. Like trying to do that in the same time, if you don't do either one of those is really, really tough to make it stick. So the, the way to make habit stacking successful is to find those things that you're constantly doing in your daily routine. And that's why I'm suggesting you look at your daily routine and jot down things that you do every single day, no matter what. Those are the things that you want to start to, to stack habits with which is the perfect segue to the next key to consistency. That is to focus on one priority at a time. Now, when I say a priority, I want you to think through a laser specific example of something you've been struggling with. Maybe your priority is budgeting. Notice I say it's budgeting instead of my finances. Finances is very broad. That can go into lots of different ways. Finances can be saving more money. It can be investing more money. It could be starting a business. It could be tracking your expenses. It can be budgeting. It could be getting your estate in order, getting a life insurance plan. Like It could be so many different things that I want you to be laser focused on what specifically you are focusing on. Do something that's easy and ongoing that supports your bigger financial goal. Maybe your bigger financial goal is I want to be more intentional. So your habit that you could build in, your priority could be tracking your expenses. And again, we're going to habit stack that. So I'm going to track my expenses and I'm going to do that every time I take a lunch at work, like whatever the heck it might be for you. But it's important to focus on just one priority at a time. Now, when you can move on from that priority is such an individual choice. But ultimately, what I'd recommend is you move on from that priority when it has become automatic, when it has become something that you automatically do, you don't even have to think about it much like driving a car. (laughs) I always hate using that example, because we should think about when we drive a car, but we don't let's be real. It's an automatic habit. So that's when you know it's time to move on to a secondary priority and start to refocus and say, okay, now how do I do this a little bit more efficiently? Does that make sense? The more you can focus in on just one thing at a time, the more you're going to be less overwhelmed and it's going to really help you stay true to your goals and build up that focus and that habit. It's just really important to just do one thing at a time. We already are so overwhelmed that trying to do all the things is a sure path to failure. And I know a lot of that comes down back to that perfection. We want to be perfect in our finances. So we go all in on just our finances and it's, it's okay to do that, but ultimately you might get burned out and you will probably get overwhelmed if you're not focusing on just one thing at a time. All right. Key number four to consistency is to view your life like the stock market. Now I had to find a financial analogy so that it makes sense for you because I know a lot of people that look at the stock market can very clearly see that it goes up, it goes down, it gets all kind of crazy, but over time it generally grows, right? As a whole, it generally increases. Now the reason why this is so important is because if you view your life like a stock market and know it's going to go up and down and it's going to be sometimes really good and sometimes really bad is it's going to help you start to view your life differently. It's going to show you that making mistakes here and there, you know, having those dips in the, in the market is not going to ruin your finances. Having a bad day does not ruin your overall plan. Cheating on your diet one day is not going to ruin your, all of your years of progress. It just doesn't work that way. So when you view your life, like the stock market, what you can understand is you're looking for the overall trend line overall. Am I doing pretty good? 
overall, am I putting in the reps? Am I doing the right things? Am I focusing on consistency? Or do I immediately quit and sell all my stocks the minute the market goes down? It's the same thing, right? So if we can view our life like the stock market and view it as more of how do I have long-term success instead of focusing so much on the short run, it really helps you so much to see that it isn't about perfection. It's about progress. It's about the repetitions. It's about staying consistent. If you're consistently investing your money, even when the market dips down, it will pretty much always go back up. So next time you have a bad day with one of your goals or one of your priorities, and you just are feeling like, ah, I dropped the ball. I messed up on my budget again. I didn't invest my money this month. I know I should be dollar cost averaging and I forgot to invest last month or I had other priorities. Give yourself that grace. Think of that stock market chart and remind yourself, this is the same as your life. It's okay. You're going to have days where you do really great and you're going to have days where you do kind of crappy. That is so normal, but that doesn't mean that when you have those crappy days, you should quit or you should immediately throw out all of the hard work that you've done or change all of your routines because you had one bad day. That doesn't mean that your systems are broken. It means you had a bad day and you're human. This is normal. So it's okay, but definitely view your life like the stock market. It helps me so much and I think it might help you too. It's just a very tangible analogy that I think we can all resonate with. All right. Are you ready for the last key to consistency? This one, in my opinion, is the most important. I read a really, really great article. I'm going to link it in the show notes by James Clear. He's one of my favorite bloggers, authors. He has the book Atomic Habits, which I think really helps you set up systems in your life too, if you are trying to be more automated and intentional. So definitely recommend his book Atomic Habits. You can also get it on Audible. So his book on Audible is really good. He's a really great narrator as well. And that one, if you want to get that book for free because you're you're cheap and you're frugal and don't want to pay for Audible, you can get that book for free if you go audibletrials.com slash money nerds. It will get you that book for free. Just don't forget to cancel after 30 days if you choose not to carry that subscription forward. You also get to keep your book too. So it's kind of a win-win, but that's audibletrial.com slash money nerds, plural. All right. So James Clear has this really great example of a key to consistency is falling in love with boredom. For most of us, starting is incredibly exciting. It's new. It's different. We're trying some new things. It's super, super fun. Starting is amazing. The part where we mess up is we start to lose motivation. Now, this is normal. I don't know who can stay motivated for years on years or even months on months. Like good for those people. Most of us are not one of them. I'm definitely not one of those people. I lose motivation very quickly. Motivation is very, very temporary. Motivation's good to get you going, to get you like started. And then it comes down to like systems and automation and that kind of stuff. But part of this is falling in love with the boredom. Now, here's what I often hear. I'm always great at getting started, but I just can't stay focused for very long. If you have ever said this, or you find yourself being a project hopper, meaning you start a project, you get it going, and then you lose focus and you move on to another project, you are probably somebody that needs to learn to fall in love with boredom. This is me too. I say this with so much conviction because I also get bored and I need to work on falling in love with boredom. But what separates successful people from unsuccessful people is how they approach that goal when it gets kind of stale, when it becomes mundane. That's what separates people from 
failure versus success is how you approach that boredom phase. There's lots of different ways to fall in love with boredom. One of those is to focus on the process, not the destination. Super cliche. It makes a lot of sense though. If you are just focusing on the journey instead of like the quote unquote event or the the big moment, if you're focusing on the process to get you to that point, you're going to be a lot happier with the journey and it doesn't quite feel as boring. Another way to fall in love with boredom is to reframe when you're in that mindset of, I don't want to do this because this is super boring to me. When you feel yourself resisting or avoiding in some way, remind yourself that the boredom phase is what gets you success. This is what matters most. That consistency, that working through that boredom, that staying on the path, the plan, doing that is what gets you to success. So you could remind yourself through lots of different ways. If you're a sticky note person, great, you know, write it on a sticky note, put it on your computer, on your bathroom mirror, wherever the heck you need to put it. If that doesn't work for you, talking out loud and affirmations can help as well. So a lot of times it's really like leaning into this is normal and truly saying this out loud. I know I'm bored. I recognize that I don't want to do this. I'm avoiding this task. I'm avoiding budgeting because I think it's actually really boring, but this is what I need to do to build up these really successful habits that are going to get me to my dream life, whatever that looks like. And honestly, sometimes I feel like we focus so much on everything in our life needs to be so enjoyable and so much fun. And I don't actually think that's true. I used to also think that Everybody has to find a passion, and I don't believe that a passion is something that you find. I think it's something you carry with you, but I also feel like falling in love with boredom is something that we all glamorize where we think our finances have to be the most exciting thing in the world, and sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not. I think it doesn't necessarily have to be this like really thrilling thing. I think money is just a tool to get you to your dream life. Your life is the exciting thing. Your financial process does not need to be that exciting. It just needs to support your dream life. And sometimes I think we do get so much into this like glamorized, oh my God, you have to love everything and be so passionate about all the things when really it's it's not true. Sometimes the most important things in our life are usually the most boring. It's the stuff that isn't the most thrilling all the time. And that's kind of normal. But just because it's not thrilling to you does not mean you need to jump ship and move on to something else. Just because your budget is no longer sexy for you and you don't like get this like spark of joy every time you look at your finances, that is okay. It doesn't mean that you need to quit your plan and just jump ship and lose all of that consistency because it's no longer thrilling. Sometimes that boredom and that monotony is very, very normal and is sometimes exactly what you need. That's not the sexy part. The sexy part of money is what it allows you to do. So I don't know. That helps me when I feel bored with my finances. Maybe it will help you too. But sometimes when things get boring is when I have to remind myself that that's not always a bad thing. Sometimes that's exactly what I need for my life. I also think that one of the things that I do that helps me with falling in love with boredom is investing in myself via coaches. I love having people to hold me accountable. To me, it makes all of the difference in the world because when I get bored is generally when I try to jump ship. So if I tell a coach that and I have somebody on my team that's supporting me, their job is to not allow me to jump ship. 
Their job is to say, hey, Whitney, remember, this is important to you. You have to do these things if you want to continue improving and growing. I definitely think coaches have a very strong role in helping you fall in love with boredom. If you get to that point and you are tempted to jump ship, I think that's a great time to reach out to a coach as well. Accountability is everything. And yes, you can get accountability from friends and family. I have found that they weren't quite as effective as when I actually pay for a coach to make sure I'm doing the shit I need to do, (laughs) frankly. I truly believe that if you focus on consistency as your key indicator for financial success, you're going to be just fine. It's not the crazy big things that you do. It's the daily things that you do, the repetitions that are ultimately creating your success with finances, with fitness, with your relationships, with your career, with your business, whatever area it is, that is the key to success. It's being consistent. Now, remember, consistency is not perfection. I just want to reiterate that one more time. It's not about perfect. It's about that trend line. Remember, the stock market approach to your life. It's looking at the ups and the downs, and ultimately, as a whole, you're propelling forward. So keep that in the back of your mind, too, because I know sometimes it's easy to beat yourself up when we don't perform to the level we know we can, and that's okay. It's normal. No one is perfect. Nobody is perfect. And anybody that tells you they are with their habits and routines is most likely lying to you or trying to sell you a very expensive course. So just be careful of that. No one's perfect at all. If you have enjoyed this episode and you have loved learning the keys to consistency, then do me the biggest favor and share this with one person that you think it might help. That is the greatest compliment you can give to a podcast host is sharing the episode and leaving a five-star review means so, so much to me and helps me get the show in front of even more people and continue bringing great content to you. That's helpful on your financial journey. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am truly so grateful for your support and your downloads and subscribes. Like it means so much to me. I can't even put it into words. I will see you on Friday for Five Tip Friday or next week for another episode of the Money Nerds podcast. Bye.